glad that you're here, and uh, we're excited for what God has in store. My name is Pastor Chris, and we are kicking off a new series of messages entitled See Like Jesus. And I'm excited about this journey that we're going to be taking over the next 40 days. In fact, this is the same name of a series we preached six years ago. Does anyone remember the last time we did See Like Jesus? And the Lord spoke to us and moved in our midst. Uh, these are all brand new messages, but the reading plan we're going to be going through over a period of 40 days is the same, where we're going to read through the Gospels. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about that as we go through the message today. But the focus of our time is this, that we are going to learn what it means to see like Jesus, to really see like him, to follow him with our lives, to have lives that reflect what the Lord would have for us to reflect and to ultimately follow him where the Lord would have for us to follow him. So if you have your Bibles, would you open up with me to John's Gospel, chapter 1, and we're going to go into John's Gospel, chapter 1. As you're turning there, I want to just talk to you about something that happened to me in my life about 10 years ago. Um, it was about 10 years ago. I was on staff here at the church. I was serving as the young adults pastor. I think we were only married about a year, Mandy, at this time. And I'm driving to, um, up to the church on the Garden State Parkway. And as I'm riding on the Garden State Parkway, I'm moving towards the exit. And I realize something uh, as I'm driving. I don't normally like to close either of my eyes when I'm driving. I don't recommend that. You should always have your eyes open when you're driving. But for whatever reason, I had to rub my eye, I believe. And, um, and as I did that, I noticed something that I hadn't noticed before. Whenever I rubbed this eye and I closed it, my left eye made everything blurry that I was looking at. So the street signs were blurry. The, the you know, the sign I couldn't necessarily make out really well. The signs on the parkway going up. And so now I spent the next couple minutes doing this back and forth between opening one eye, closing one eye. And as I did that, it was, uh, it was definitely startling. Kind of like these lights here that are, um, I, I, I was wondering what was going on behind me. Uh, just leaning right here. Um, so just unplug them if you can or turn them off somehow, okay? Um, so with that, there we are. The lights are out. Um, the Lord said, let there be no light, that they're still up. That's really strange. Um, but as I'm driving, are you still with me, church? As, um, I'm driving. I'm noticing this. Now, here's what's really startling to me. I didn't know when this started. I, I had no idea because I don't normally walk around with one eye closed. And so I schedule a, a doctor's appointment the next day. I go see an eye doctor. I see that eye doctor. And uh, what they do is they go through this series. Has anyone ever had an eye exam before where they're trying to fit you for a prescription? So they're trying to fit me for a prescription, and they're putting every lens over my eye. Is this better or worse? Better or worse? And I'm like, none of it's getting any better. Nothing is clear. And so they're saying, that's kind of really strange. I mean, one of these has is, is got to be better. I said, I'm telling you, none of them are, are making it better. And so they said, you know what, you're going to need to go schedule an um, you know, appointment with a specialist. So they seem concerned. So I go to the specialist, and now they said, okay, we're going to give you, I forget what was an MRI or a CAT scan. But they said, there might be sometimes when a tumor is pressing against your optic nerve. I'm thinking, that's where we've gone to? Like, the lenses didn't work, and now it's... So remember, Mandy, I called Mandy. She had to leave. She was teaching at the time at Menlo Park Terrace School. She had to leave halfway through the day to come meet me because we don't know what's going on. Could you imagine how scary this is in this moment? We're a year married. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what's causing this. And so they go through all these tests, and they start saying, okay, now we're going to put drops in your eye, and we're going to, you know, make your pupil go big. It was, it was kind of torturous. Um, I just want to set the stage for you. Finally, they come in, and they said, okay, we figured it out. Um, 
there's no tumor on your, on your optic nerve. I said, praise God. Um, they say, uh, but here's what we think it is, and this is why you can't, none of the prescriptions are working. You have something called keratoconus. Has anyone ever heard of this? Let me see a show of hands. Anyone? So keratoconus is, I, I didn't know what it was. They said, everyone's eyeball is round, like a circle, and your cornea is round. They said, but for some people, the cornea becomes almost like pointed. It's almost like a football, and it protrudes out some. That's what's going on. You still have 20-20 vision in your eye, but because of that distortion, it's making everything blurred. They said the answer is a lens. Say a lens. You need a lens to see clearly. And so it was this process where the lens would go on. It wasn't a, a prescription lens. It was just one that would keep my eye shaped in the right way so that I could see clearly. Here's what I want you to know is that there was a, an overwhelming sense in my life during that time that I was gripped with the idea of how long was I living not seeing as clearly as I'm supposed to be seeing. I was gripped with this reality of like, how was it that I was wandering through this life, driving and living and working, and I wasn't seeing as clearly as I could be. And that hit me this week and during this season as I was preparing for these messages. Lord, help us to see like you, because here's what I believe. You can come to church. You can identify yourself with Jesus and say, yes, I'm, I go to church and I'm a Christian and I'm whatever. But I believe for many of us, we may not be seeing the way Jesus has called us to see. I believe coming to church and seeing like Jesus are two different things. Are you with me? And I believe in the same way, the answer for all of us is we need a lens to see the way God wants us to see. That lens is Jesus. Say to your neighbor, the lens is Jesus. We need to see everything through Jesus' eyes. We are meant to see the world around us the way Jesus saw the world around us. We're meant to see circumstances the way that Jesus saw them. And so in this series of messages, that's what we're going to do. We're going to look through the life of Jesus, and our prayer and our aim is, Lord, help us to see like you. There are some things that aren't as clear as they should be in our lives. There are some things that are out of focus in your life, on the periphery that God wants to bring into focus. There's some things that you're not even paying attention to that Jesus is wanting you to look at. And so we're going to learn what it means to see like Jesus, and it's going to change our hearts and our lives. Are you ready? So let's lean in. Today, as we look at John's Gospel, Chapter 1, we're going to look at four things that I believe out of the gate are going to help us to see like Jesus. These are foundational truths and realities that when you apply them to your life, they truly begin to help you see in the way God has desired for you to see. So, Lord, we just ask you right now, speak to us, Lord God. Just as we sang, just as we said at the communion table, our hearts are open. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. John chapter 1, starting in verse 35, let's begin to read this. It says, the next day, this is at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, John, John the Baptist, was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him say this. They followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? And they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? I love verse 39. Come on, would you just read verse 39 with me as we have it up on the screen? Come, he replied. And you will see. So they went and they saw where he was staying and they spent the day with him. And it was about four in the afternoon. I love that statement. 
Because there's such, a, there's such an invitation there, and I believe it's the invitation the Lord is inviting us all on to during these next 40 days. I believe that the Lord Jesus says to every one of us, do you really want to know what I'm all about? Come and you will see. Not just you'll see, but you're going to see in a way that you've never seen before. That's the prayer that I've had. That's the prayer I ask you to have as we enter into this season in this journey with Jesus. Every week that we go through this series, we're going to be bringing a message that is from the passages of Scripture that you're going to be reading in the weeks to come. So starting tomorrow, we're going to be giving you a reading plan. Every person here, and it'll be available online and even in your email, that you're able to go through and read through the Gospels. And we're going to begin at the beginning of Jesus' life, and we're going to read through it chronologically all the way through to the end, the death and the resurrection of Jesus. It's not that we're going to be reading like Matthew and then Mark and then Luke and then John. We're going to be reading passages from all the Gospels that are set in those specific times of the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. We're really looking forward to that. Now, as we look here in John chapter 1, we see that Jesus is passing by. There's someone named John the Baptist as a, a form of context for you to understand the story. He was Jesus' cousin, and he went ahead of Jesus. Before Jesus began his ministry, John the Baptist went ahead, and he began to say, prepare, get ready. Get ready because God is about to move. God is sending the one that he has promised, and, and get ready. Make way for the Lord who is coming. And so he is, he is getting everyone ready, and then John had to actually amassed some disciples, some followers of, of himself that were helping baptize people to Jordan River and who were coming under his teaching and a part of his ministry. So in the same way Jesus had disciples, John had disciples. John had two of them on this particular day. When they saw Jesus, it wasn't enough just to see him from afar. They had to get near to him. I want you to know today, you can choose how you're going to have a relationship with Jesus. But the only one that will change your life is not a relationship from afar. It's you getting close, getting up close and personal, and really getting to know who Jesus is and what he's all about. Are you with me? So they could have just known about Jesus. And John, who is that? That's Jesus. That's the Lamb of God. He's going to take away the sins of the world. He's the one God has promised. And they could say, okay, great, let's continue to go on with our lives. But there's something about the invitation of Jesus you say, if he really is who God says he is, then I must know him personally. And so they come, and they go, and they begin to follow Jesus. And Jesus turns, and he sees them, and he says, what do you want? And they said, we want to know where you're staying. That's kind of a strange question. Where are you staying? But what they're really asking, if you understand the context in that day and age, they are trying to invite themselves over for dinner. How many of that sounds fun? You ever had people like that? Hey, what are you eating tonight? I'm coming over. I had a friend like that that was kind of annoying. My mom loved it, but I was always like, you're eating all my dinner. Um, but, but they invited themselves over. They were like, Jesus, where are you staying? And Jesus says, come and you will see. And they came, the Bible says, and they spent the day with him. I want you to know this. God did not send his son into the world to die so that you could know about Jesus. He did it so that you could know Jesus personally, so you can have a life-changing relationship with him. That's the desire. And the first thing you need to know if you want to see like Jesus and see the way God wants you to see is you have to be with Jesus. You have to be with him, not just know about him, not just talk about him, but to be with him. It's one thing to know about Jesus. It's another thing to know him personally, and that's what we're talking about today. The ability to see like Jesus flows out of a deepening relationship with him. 
If we don't have that relationship first and foremost, we're going to miss out on everything. And that's what these followers of John ultimately are entering into. They want to know Jesus, and they want to spend time with him. To be with Jesus means that we're willing to have a relationship with him, that we draw near to him. James 4.8 says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. God promises that as we step towards him, he will come and draw near to us. God came near in the greatest way when he took on flesh and blood. And when Jesus was born and came into this world, he came to save us from our sins. He came to draw near and invites us to draw near to him. Some other ways that you could draw near to God are through knowing him through his word. He has revealed himself to us. And the greatest revelation of God is in Jesus Christ. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, it's, it's found right here. And so Jesus has revealed himself, and he's given us his word. That's why we're taking part in this reading plan. I'm going to invite the ushers to come and get ready, and we're going to be passing out um, these bookmarks if you haven't received them yet. And so we're going to start to get ready, and in a few moments, we're going to distribute these to everyone in the room. But what this is, is this is a weekly reading plan that will help you walk through the Gospels beginning week one, starting tomorrow until next Sunday. We're going to have passages of Scripture that are going to walk you through the Gospels. And if you follow along all 40 days, we're going to get through all four Gospels. Sound good? And we're going to understand the life of Jesus, and we're going to see things a bit differently as a result. The Lord says in Jeremiah 33, 3, Call to me, and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. There are things the Lord wants to reveal to you that you will only see in relationship with him. You aren't going to see it any other way. You're not going to see it through religion. You're not going to just see it through coming to church. You're not just going to see it through listening to the right music or saying the right words or even praying the right prayers. The only way you'll really see what God wants you to see is to be in relationship with him. The only way to be in real relationship with God is by having a relationship with Jesus Christ. That you've asked him to forgive you of your sins. You've placed your hope, your trust, and your faith in him. So the first thing, if we want to see like Jesus, is to do what? Be with Jesus. Say it with me. Be with Jesus. That's first and that's foremost. The second thing we begin to learn is found as we read on in John chapter 1. Let's look at verse 40. It says, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two that heard that John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was he found his brother Simon and he told him we found the Messiah. That is the Christ. And then he brought him to Jesus. And I love this. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which means Peter. And the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. And he found Philip, and he said to him, follow me. And Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from that same town. So what happened? There was an invitation for Jesus giving to his disciples to say, come and follow me. The first thing is to be with Jesus, to be in relationship with him. But the next thing we must do if we want to see like him is be willing to follow Jesus. Say it with me. Follow Jesus. Be with Jesus. Follow Jesus. That's number two. And if the ushers are ready, go ahead. You can begin to distribute these reading plans to everyone. Make sure that everyone can get one of those and just pass them down as you receive them. It's so important for us to follow Jesus. We're never going to fully see like him unless we're willing to follow him. I want you to know there's a difference between just spending a little time with Jesus, knowing about Jesus, and really following him. 
I believe there's also a difference between saying a prayer and beginning a relationship with Jesus and having an ongoing relationship through following him. See, how, would you, how, how well do you think you would know someone if they say, hey, do you know this person? Oh, yeah, I met them like three decades ago. Well, have you had any correspondence with them? No, I mean, we met that one time. It was really awesome and emotional and powerful, and, and yeah, they were great. Like, well, they don't know them very well. They would at, at best be an acquaintance. The same can be true for us, man. If the only thing we ever do is we prayed a prayer at one point in time, we began a relationship with God, we asked Jesus to forgive us of our sins, but we've never really entered into that relationship and day by day learned what it means to follow Jesus. Here's what it means to follow Jesus if you're looking for a simple definition. To follow Jesus is to do what he has called us to do and to go where he has called us to go. Do what he's called us to do and go where he has called us to go. You with me still, church? This is the heart of what Jesus called us to. He hasn't just called us to know him. He's called us to follow him, to have a life-giving relationship with him. And that's why this reading plan is going to be so vital to us, because it's going to give us time every day to build on our relationship with Jesus. Each day as we're reading on day three and we're reading in Luke's gospel, chapter two, and we're spending time looking and understanding more about how Jesus was born and how he fulfilled these special promises from God, the Lord's going to begin to show us more and more about who he is. As we're reading in week two and we're beginning to understand the teachings of Jesus and what he's called us to be and how he's called us to live, that begins to change our lives and build on our relationship so that we could follow him. So we must not just know his word, read his word, we must live his word. Does that make sense? So what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, he said, look, the person who hears my words, who reads these words as we're reading in his word, who hears the word, my teaching, and puts them into practice, he's like the wise person who built their house and their life upon a rock, upon the right foundation. But the person who hears these words and does nothing with them to actually live them out is like a foolish person. They've built their life on the sand. And it may look pretty and beautiful and be worth millions, but we all know when the storms of life come, that which has no foundation will crash down. It will not last. It won't even last. Even the mildest storms can take that out. That's why we must be sure that we're building our lives upon Jesus, upon his word, upon his revelation, upon what he shows us. It goes forward even, even further where Jesus says in John's gospel, chapter 15, verse 7, he says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, then you can ask anything of the Father and he's going to give it to you. Because it's out of this life-giving relationship where you're following me. Come on, say it with me, follow Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and just invite them. Say, come on, follow Jesus. There's nothing better in our lives than to follow him. Not just to know about him. Not just to pray a prayer to ask him to forgive us of our sins, but to every day submit our lives to him. To really bring ourselves to that place. Because here's what I want you to know. The Lord is calling us to something greater. He's calling you into a life that you could never imagine. And there are certain things you will never see until you're willing to follow him. There are places he's going to lead you. Could you imagine if you only come and you sit in this church, this is all you're going to see. This is your only perspective you have. But if you're willing to go out of those doors, you're willing to go on a hike out there and go somewhere else, then you're going to see things that you never saw before. How many of you know just reading about it isn't enough? 
Come on, I've heard about the Grand Canyon. People have told me about it. People have even shown me photos of it. But I'm sure one day when we get there, and we're going to go, Mandy, we've got to figure out when. When we're there and I look at it with my own eyes, there's nothing like it. Can someone say amen? There's some things you just got to see it and be there. Jesus can show you things in his word. He can, he can teach you things. Church, we could talk about things. I could tell you stories, but my stories aren't going to save you. They're not going to make any difference for you when you're living it out every single day. God wants to show you things. He wants to reveal himself to you. And that will only happen through following him. The third thing. Are we ready? The first one's be with Jesus. Second is follow Jesus. Third is share Jesus with others. Share, say it with me. Share Jesus with others. That's so important. And we actually saw that there in verse 40. It says, Andrew, Simon's Peter, uh, Peter's brother, who was one of those that had heard John and followed Jesus. The Bible says here, help me understand. What does it say in verse 41? The first thing that Andrew did, the first thing, what was it? He found his brother. The first question, when he knew who Jesus really was, the first thing that came to mind is who else needs to know this Jesus? And I want to ask you, maybe you've been walking with the Lord for a long time, but shame on us if as we experience the goodness of God, if the first question that isn't still coming to our minds is who else needs to know this? Who else needs to experience this? Come on, you're willing to share your favorite restaurant. You don't share the, the man who saved your soul. We're willing to share our favorite place to eat, our favorite vacation spot, our favorite whatever, our favorite app to use. What about the one who set us free, forgiven us so much, healed us? Who else needs to know this is the God? Who else needs to know and taste and see the goodness of God? we got to share him with others. we become too timid, church. We become in a place where, where, where that's not the regular practice of our lives. I can remember when I first came to the Lord, he had done so much in my life. And I'm only here today, not just because of what I said Mandy had shared a message, but she would have never shared a message. She would have never met me if I hadn't gone to Valley Forge Christian College, and I would have never gone to Valley Forge Christian College if I hadn't been a part of a youth ministry with a pastor who had gone to Valley Forge Christian College. And I wouldn't have been in that church and in that youth ministry if there wasn't a friend that played on the same sports team as me, that in my brokenness, in my poor decisions, in my waywardness, he loved me enough to say, listen, Chris, you need to know Jesus. And he introduced me to Jesus the same way we see here in this passage. And I would not be here today. I could tell you, I don't know where I'd be today. I'm scared to think about where I'd be today if someone didn't introduce me to Jesus. And all these years later, I'm here talking to you about Jesus because of a decision that one person made in my life. Can you imagine with me for just a moment? He wasn't a superstar evangelist. He wasn't a guy that knew everything. How much do you think Andrew knew? How much do you think that, that he knew? He's like, this is Jesus. I think he's a real deal. Come on, you got to see him for yourself. That's about the extent my friend Mike went through as well. Just come and see. Just come and experience. If you could fast forward 20 years from today, there might be people. I believe there will be people. I pray there will be people that will be changing the world because you've introduced them to Jesus. That are going to be standing in churches on the mission field in places of influence. And they will be doing the work of God because they'll say, there was someone. His name was Roy and he loved me enough to tell me about Jesus. There was someone, his name was Israel. And he just loved me enough to just introduce me to Jesus. When we make that invitation, we have no idea what God wants to do with it. we got to be willing to share Jesus with others. Come on. Just turn to your neighbor and say, share him with someone. Share him with someone. 
And as we do this, the Lord will open doors you can never imagine. Look as it goes in verse 45. It says, Philip found Nathanael, and he told him, We found the one who Moses wrote about in the law, the one who the prophets also said. It's Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And then he said, Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. I want to tell you, Jesus can even save the skeptics, the people who question, the people who doubt, the people who wonder, is there any good? Come on, going to church, can any good come from that? What does he say? Come and see. Come and see. Come and see what God can do. We are going to have Easter services in a little over a month. On the 12th of April is Easter this year. It is the time of any time that someone will say yes and will be willing to come and see what Jesus is all about. Because they're already conditioned to want to go to church on Easter. And we're going to make tons of room this year. And we're going to pack out this space for multiple services. And we're going to see more people come to know Jesus than any other time this year. And they're going to make a decision. And some of those people God has already placed in your life. But it's going to come through your invitation, not mine. I don't have a relationship with them. I don't know them. Trust me, I'm going to be telling everyone I know. I'm going to be telling my Uber drivers. I'll be telling people that come and deliver things in my house. My, I'll be telling anyone that God puts on my heart, come and see. Come and see what Jesus is all about. How about you? Are we ready? Share him with someone. Talk to someone about him and invite them just to come and see. And I love this because when Jesus sees Nathaniel come and he says, look, here's a true Israelite in whom there's no deceit. And he says, how do you know me? And Jesus says, I saw you before, before Philip ever showed up. I saw you when you were still under the tree. He says, that's it. You're the, you're, you're, you're the savior of the world. You're the one they promised. Jesus, you're excited because I said I saw you under a tree. He said, come and follow me, and you're going to see things you've never seen before. Do you see what I'm saying? You only see certain things when you follow Jesus. There are things he'll show you, and you'll only see certain things when you invite other people to follow Jesus. Man, when I first came to Christ and I started to tell my friends about it, they, they rejected me. They laughed at me. They pushed me aside. They made fun of me. But, man, I just, I knew, I knew this was the real deal. Jesus changed my life so much, and he could do the same for them. Fast forward, I'm so thankful that my five closest friends over a period of a year and a half, every one of them came to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. One of them is a pastor in ministry today. Others, I'm serving the Lord, raising uh, their families, serving God faithfully. Come on, somebody. Jesus can change everything in someone's life we got to be willing to just introduce him, share him with someone. Come on up, Pastor Rick. And so these are the first three. Be with Jesus. Say it with me. Follow Jesus. And what's that third one? Share Jesus with someone else, with others. Now the fourth one. This one you're probably not going to like. Fourth one is step out of your comfort zone. Some of you like that. But I'm going to ask you to, to, to step to a point where you're not going to like it. Because <laughs> it's our comfort zone. And I want to tell you, there's only certain things. There's things that God wants to show you, you're never going to see it inside your bubble. You're never going to see it inside the comforts of the life as usual. God's only going to show it to you when you're willing to meet him out on the waters. Some of God's most powerful miracles happened in the most uncomfortable situations. Talk about walking on water. Talk about a storm being calmed. Talk about Lazarus being raised from the dead. Yeah, that was after his sisters were already grieving him for days. Some of us want those kind of God-sized miracles, but we don't want any of the discomfort that's associated with it. Come on, if we're willing to really say yes to Jesus, that means we're following him. I want you to know, and I'm convicted about this, I'm not really following Jesus if I have stipulations on where I will and will not go. How can I follow him if I'm telling him, Lord, 
I'm only going here and I'm not going there. I'll go anywhere over here, but I'm not going over there. Can you imagine? Well, I'll follow you anywhere, but if we get into Westfield, I'm not going there. If we go, oh, no, no, as soon as we hit the border of North Plainfield, I'm done. How, how am I really following you? But I'm willing to follow you, Lord, wherever you go, whatever the cost. And how am I really following Jesus if I'm making conditions on what I will and will not do? Lord, you said this in your word, this is how I'm supposed to live my life, but I mean, I'm going to keep doing some of these things. I'll follow you over here and do this, but I'm, I'm not going to get that right in my life. How are we really following him? Some of us, that's part of getting out of our comfort zone. It's willing to step out. It's willing to put an end to some things in our lives. It's willing to go to some places that aren't necessarily comfortable for us, to have some conversations that aren't comfortable because God wants to break through and Jesus wants to show us something. And he's waiting on the other side of that step of faith. Are you with me still, church? John chapter 4, in closing, it says, Jesus left Judea once more, and he went back to Galilee. And Jesus' disciples are following at this point. And I love this right here. Read verse 4 with me. It says, now he had to go through Samaria. I love this because every other Jewish person did not have to go through Samaria. There was a whole route in that day where the Jewish people would avoid Samaria literally like the plague. They weren't touching Samaritan soil. They would even go, some of them, two days out of their way to avoid going through Samaria. But the Bible said Jesus had to go through Samaria. Why? Because Jesus saw something that they couldn't see. And there was something he was ready to show them that they would never see until they got out of their comfort zone and followed him into Samaria. And so he got there, and as he stepped into Samaria, they had no idea. They were hungry. They went to go get some food. Jesus sat down by a well because he knew and saw a woman was coming. A woman who had five husbands, was living with a man that was not her husband, was caught up in all kinds of brokenness. And Jesus was about to change her life that day. And he revealed to her so much more than she ever imagined. By the end of that conversation, Jesus reveals that he is the Messiah, the promised one. It changes her forever. She's marked, and suddenly her disi his disciples come back. Verse 27, it picks up and says, Just then his disciples returned, and they were surprised to see Jesus was talking with a woman. This is very scandalous. But no, how dare they ask anything? Says so, But no one asked what they were really thinking. What do you want to her, and why are you talking with her to Jesus? They didn't ask it, but they thought it. Are you with me? Because that's what they could see. All they could see was scandal. All they could see was what is in the world are we doing in Samaria? And why is this woman here? And why is she alone with Jesus? And what is going on? But the Bible says, but then leaving her water jar, the woman ran back to the town. And she said to all the people, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And the many came out of the town and made their way towards Jesus. Jesus saw a harvest. They couldn't see it yet. And meanwhile, the disciples urged him and say, Rabbi, please eat something. And Jesus says, I have food that you don't know anything about. I have food you can't even see. And they're thinking, did someone bring him some, did Uber Eats come and deliver something here? What's, what's going on? Jesus says, no, my food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. I'm here because God wants me to be here. The Father wants me to be here. And he says this, this is verse 35, don't miss this. He says, don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They're ripe for harvest. Jesus was showing them something they could only see outside of their comfort zone. For some of us today, this is all we could see. And the Lord's saying over these next 40 days, if you'll follow me, if you'll learn my word, if you'll spend time with me, 
I'm going to take the blinders off. And I'm going to show you rich and glorious things you've never seen before. I'm going to change your life and your heart and the way you see other people and the way you see me and the way you walk with me. I'm ready to change everything. Open your eyes. Come and see like me. That's what Jesus invites us to. Come and experience the life that I have for you. Who's ready to see like him, church? Who's ready to walk with him? Who's ready to experience everything that he has for us? Come on, stand to your feet with me this morning. I want to pray for you. Close your eyes with me in this moment, whether you're here online in the overflow, because I believe the Lord has a divine appointment for every one of us. He has something he wants to deposit in our hearts, speak into our souls, something he wants to do to change us from the inside out. So as your eyes are closed right now, just take this in. We had four things we said today. Just remember them. Commit them to your heart. Commit them to your memory. Be with Jesus. Follow Jesus. Share Jesus with others. And step out of your comfort zone. I want you to ask the Lord right now. Maybe you already know it. Which one of those areas is the Lord pressing deepest into your heart? Which one of them do you feel that sense of, of discomfort, of stirring? of conviction, Lord, that's what you're inviting me to do. Is there someone the Lord wants you to share his love with? Is there a place God's calling you, a decision he's calling you to step into that's so uncomfortable? Are there areas of your life that you haven't fully submitted to the Lord and so you're not fully following him? You're conditionally following him. You're saying, Lord, I'm, I'm tired of sitting on the fence. Ask the Lord. Ask him to show you. Say, Jesus. Come on, say it with me. Jesus. Speak to my heart right now. Show me. Perhaps you're here right now in this moment. And the, the main thing that you need to do, the number one area, it's the first step, is you need to be with Jesus. You don't have, you know about him, but you don't know him personally. You've never fully surrendered your life to him. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and place your faith in him. And today, that's the place that I want to pick up. And I want to pray with you. And I want to give you an opportunity to begin a brand new relationship with God through Jesus, to really know him, not just know about him, to follow him with your life. And if you're ready to make that decision right now, don't worry about the person on your left or on your right. Don't worry about anyone else. It's between you and the Lord right now in this moment. If you're ready to say yes to Jesus and to give, you, to give him your whole life and to follow him, if that's you, I want you just to lift your hand high above your head, and I want to pray with you. That's you. Come on, lift your hand up right now. Praise God. I see your hands going up around the room. Is there anyone in the balcony? I see multiple hands in the balcony on the main floor. Praise God. If you're in the overflow or watching online, just lift your hand. I see hands going up all around the room. Praise God. The Lord's ready to meet you and to do something amazing in your life. Right now, we're going to pray. I want you to say these words from the bottom of your heart. Pray with me as the prayer team comes to the front. Dear Jesus, come on, repeat these words. Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins that have separated me from you. I believe that you died for my sins and rose again. And today, I commit to follow you with everything I am. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, celebrate with those that made that decision today. Thank you, Lord. Amen. There were so many around the room that you made that decision. We are with you. We want to walk with you. But I want you to know, I said it earlier, it's not just about a one-time prayer. It's really about following Jesus. And if you said that prayer today, or if you've said that prayer at some time in the past but have never taken any steps 
with the Lord, we want to give you something. I have a book up here in the front. It's called Following Jesus. It is seven steps to begin a relationship with God and to have that relationship with Jesus. And today, if you rose your hand, come to the the front as everyone else is leaving. Pick up this book on your way out. If you are just beginning and you are wondering what it's all about, you can come forward as well. We'd love to place this in your hand and help you begin that relationship with Jesus. For every other one of us, I want to pray for you today. The Lord has a point of application for all of us today. He wants us to be with him. He wants us to follow him. He wants us to share him with others, and he wants us to step out of our comfort zone. So I want to pray that over you today, that the Lord will make that abundantly clear, and he'll lead us on this journey. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for every person that stood to hear your word today, Lord God. Let it go deep in our hearts. Let us not hear it. Let us live it today. We pray during this season, during these 40 days, your word will come alive to us like never before. Jesus, reveal yourself. Show us what you want to show us, Lord God. Help us to see like you. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you today as you go. If you need prayer, feel free to come forward. We'd love to pray with you. Um, If you need that book, please come forward. If not, we'll see you Wednesday night and next Sunday morning.